0: You're listening to the Eat With Grace podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dr. Jackie Nienhuis, registered dietitian and professor of culinary medicine.
1: And I am your co-host, Brooke Fredrickson, registered dietitian and certified diabetes care and education specialist. And we are here to challenge a culture around food and nutrition from a biblical perspective. Hi, and welcome to the Eat With Grace podcast. I am Brooke, one of your hosts, and I'm here with Jackie. And we are actually joined by a guest today. We have um, we've decided to try something a little bit, bit different. And so um, we have Jennifer Bryant with us. Uh, she is also a dietitian who practices um, in this uh, faith-based area. And so we want to just welcome her to the podcast. And uh, Jennifer, why don't you go ahead and just get started and kind of tell us who you are and what you do
2: yeah well thanks for having me Um, I'm really excited to be here I found you guys about a year ago and it was so refreshing to hear other dietitians talking about things that I talk about and so um, anyway it's, it's neat that this worked out so um my name is Jen Bryant and I am a registered dietitian nutritionist I practice in the state of New Mexico and so I have my own uh, private practice and um I'm also a certified diabetes care and education specialist so that's kind of what I do I love incorporating faith into um, into my counseling sessions with my clients and so that's really one of my passions and that's actually a big reason why I started my own practice because I wanted to do that. So
0: we are just fascinated by your um, background and the uh, different kinds of uh, experiences you've had and one of the things I wondered if you'd share with our listeners is how did you get to this place in uh, your career, and um, do you get a little bit of pushback when you try to combine your faith with nutrition, or h- how do your um, patients respond to it?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. So, so I'll start with kind of my story, and then I'll answer the question about the pushback. Um, so, I did my undergraduate at Iowa State, and at the time. I was really struggling with my own health and body image. And I would say, you know, it wasn't necessarily so severe to be called an eating disorder, but it was definitely not like normal eating. Um, And at the time I was also growing in my faith. And I remember sort of crying out to the Lord, like, why, why me? Like, why am I struggling with this? What's going on? What's happening in my heart? And over the next couple of years, the Lord started to show me some of the things that were, were going on. And really what I had done was I had made, um, my body and the whole concept of like heating perfectly an idol. Um, and so, you know, slowly it took a long time. Sometimes I think we wish the Lord would do things faster, but he does not. Um, uh, it took like 10 years to kind of sort through that and figure out, okay, what does a healthy diet actually look like? Even though I had all this cool, like I knew, um, but I always felt like I really, I really struggled to like maintain a healthy weight. And I always I always was mad at the Lord for giving me a quote unquote slow metabolism, right? And so I really struggled with that. And so as I finished my undergrad and I started getting into practice, um I actually landed a job at a weight loss clinic, um, which was good and bad because obviously the main focus of the entire thing was weight loss, right? So I learned some really good tools just in terms of like how to manage my weight in a healthy way. But also I I sort of came to um, understand in the moment that like weight was the most important thing which obviously it's not. And so that was kind of a, you know, it was a way of wrong thinking. And so as I worked there, I worked there for almost 10 years. And um, as I was helping people with weight loss, I actually saw some examples of people who were actually farming their bodies with the purpose of losing weight. Um, And so I knew that wasn't right, you know, and I think that happens more often than, than we really talk about where people go to, you know, real extreme to lose weight. Um, So that wasn't good. And then also I had a handful of clients or patients, whatever you want to call them there that were doing really, really well. And so I kind of like stepped back and I was like, why are these people doing really well? Like they, they weren't obsessed about it, but they were making some healthy changes. They were, you know, um maybe losing weight, but really slowly. But but even if they weren't losing weight, they were improving, you know, like blood sugar numbers um, and other things that we know really impact health. Um, and so you know, I was asking myself, what are these people doing that are making them so successful? And it was the people who had some sort of faith. Um, and it was because they had a different motivation. Than anyone else that I was working with. and so, um, so that was sort of like the end of my time at that weight loss clinic, and we moved out of the country at that time. And so I took a couple years off, kind of raise my kids and and just stay home with them for a little bit. And then when we came back to New Mexico, that that whole cycle of like those people being successful and using faith as as the right motivation. Um, came back and I was thinking, I really want to do something with this. Like, this is what I want to do for my job. This is, I really want to help people in a meaningful way to not lose weight, but to take care of their bodies. And so that's, so I've been uh owner of nourish nutrition counseling now for, I'm planning on five years in November, it'll be five years. Um, and that's, that's really how it was born. It was, it was, you know, a process of like looking at what worked and what didn't, and then creating a stage for clients where they could really be successful.
1: That's very cool. I know uh I was looking at your your stuff on your website and some of your um your blog posts and things and your I mean I I I there's so many similarities between you know like I know what I do and what you do, the the words we use, the messaging we use. Uh, were you trained in intuitive eating or that health that was, like, when did that come into play during all of this and how oh. did that shape your, like change the way that you practice?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So actually in college, uh, I was first introduced to the intuitive eating book, um, in my counseling and education class. And my professor for that class was just, she was one of my favorite people actually. So keep in touch with her. And I remember thinking at the time, and remember, this is the time where I was really struggling too. Um, I remember thinking at the time as I was reading through this book, and then we also had a couple of clients with that class that we had to counsel. And I remember thinking, this is like, this is the answer. Um, And then what happened was, all of the messages of the world and the diet culture just like overshadowed what I had learned in the over in the intuitive eating book. And so I sort of forgot about it for a while. Um, and then toward the end of my time at the weight loss clinic, um, I don't actually remember what triggered it, but that book came to mind again. And I was like, oh, I really need to read that again. And as I was reading through it and then thinking about my client's experience who were successful? Who had a strong faith? I was thinking so many of these principles in intuitive eating are actually kind of faith based. Um, you know, they don't talk about that in the book, of course, but really the concepts are very similar. And so, um, so I started. I read the book again. I recommended the book to a couple of clients. You know, and I started using that in practice a little bit more. And then I thought why don't I write something that incorporates faith with intuitive eating? And so um, this has been out for about a year and a half now, but I wrote an eight-week, it's called Food and Faith Program, and it takes my clients through eight weeks of kind of a blend of intuitive eating principles and faith-based principles. Um, and so I sort of put it together and that actually helped me solidify my thinking about it as well. Um, and that's been actually a really helpful tool. I'm hoping, I'm hoping the Lord will bless that and I'll be able to get that published eventually. Oh, wait, I need to go back to the other question Jackie yes, asked me. Yes, please do. Um, which was do I ever get pushback? Um hundred percent Absolutely. I think. I mean, the Lord promises that people are not going to love, you know, the gospel, right? And so I do get pushback. I don't, um, i always give my clients a choice. So like, do you want to incorporate a faith-based aspect into your counseling session? Um, and so they decide, some of them are really hesitant. Some of them, uh, and I think with good reason, because I do think there's a lot of um, really bad faith-based you know quote-unquote diets out there and so they've maybe tried all of them and they haven't been successful and it's because they're not really they they take a lot of what's in the bible out of context right and so um there's a lot of bad stuff out out there and so I think they're very cautious to kind of dive into some of that with me which is totally fine Um, sometimes we we get there slowly and then I do have clients who are not believers at all and um, where we just, you know, we just simply stick to the science and the nutrition um, and maybe these are people who are wanting to incorporate those intuitive eating principles. Um, but I don't necessarily always do face based things with my clients. I do let them decide.
0: I think that's just such a wonderful um, answer and a wonderful perspective because, um, you know, we're in the world and... Um, we do not have to push any of our faith ideas, et cetera. And we're just here to plant seeds. And so even um, when you're working with people, you know that that is a really big thing. So, um, I've looked on your website and uh, we looked at a lot of things at the fruit of the spirit. Can you tell me just a little bit about how you see these principles um, working with your uh, patients?
2: So, the way that I explain it to my clients because they're always very confused maybe as a good word um, about how do we put like the science of nutrition together with our faith like what does that look like um, so I always explain it and say that our faith gives us the how and the why we do something so it tells us what our attitude should be tells us what our motivation should be whereas the science of nutrition gives us the what what we should be eating, that kind of thing. So when we think about, you know, all three of us over the last 20 years in our careers and how things have, some things have changed, but a lot of it has stayed the same, right? Where we we do have some of the, the same basic recommendations that we did, you know, 20 years ago, but also we're learning new things. And so incorporating some of those new things into what we recommend for our clients is really important. That's the science of it, right? And that's the question of what to do. So I think that having a face-based perspective is a really unique place to be because I think what clients are really wanting is a motivation, right? They they want to know how do I stay motivated and continue long term to take care of this body that the Lord has given me, right? Um, And so that makes such a difference then in how successful they are in implementing some changes or making some changes over time. Um, So before I talk specifically about the fruits of the spirit, I was thinking earlier today um, about a question that one of the the radio hosts on the the local show that I'm on periodically asked me. He asked me this right before a live Uh, show and it really threw me off guard and I was thinking I haven't ever thought about it so he asked me what is your definition of wealth I was like totally stumped I I didn't know what to say I I was like I need a minute to think about it so I went home um, after that show and I really thought about it and here's what I came up with and I think this is a good way to kind of describe how and this is the, this is an introduction to how the fruits of the spirit come into what, what I talk about with my clients. The wellness is the pursuit of taking care of your physical body to the best of your ability and knowledge with the understanding of God is sovereign. So I say, we want to pursue taking care of our bodies, but we also know that we have limits, right? To the best of our ability with and knowledge right because we can't know everything even as dietitians we don't know everything so we do the best we can do um and then also realizing that sometimes we do the best we can do and our bodies still fails, right Mm -hmm. so like with the knowledge that god is sovereign i think that's so important because sometimes people feel like oh you know if we get that diagnosis of diabetes what did i do wrong and that's not necessarily how we should be thinking about it. You know, we know that our physical body is food and things just fail us sometimes. So we do the best we can do, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so the fruits of the spirit, one of my favorite verses on the wall in my office and it's actually a very good conversation starter when I'm a new client. Um, but well, let me just read it. Back. So Galatians 5, and 23, it says, but the fruits of the spirit, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against these things, there is no law. So we think about what are these fruits of the spirit? Well, they're characteristics that God Himself possesses. And when we put our faith in Christ, He gives us these fruits of the Spirit, right? So we first want to think about, um, and I think about this, my clients always tell me I don't have any willpower. Well, that's not true, right? Like in the Bible, the Lord says He gives us self-control. So the first thing we need to understand is that as a believer, they they have all of the fruits of the spirit. Um, and then the second thing is they don't just have all of the fruits you know, immeasurable amounts of the fruits of the spirit, but each of these fruits grows over time as they grow in their faith. So that's actually my number one goal with my clients is how can I encourage them to grow in their faith? And a lot of times then the motivation to take care of their bodies actually just comes naturally. I don't even have to, I don't have to teach that, right? It's just time. So, but if you think about that list of all the fruits of the spirit. Um, they absolutely apply to our attitudes about how we feed our bodies, right? So um, I just finished in my newsletter, um, a Fruits of the Spirit series, where I just went through each one of the Fruits of the Spirit, and then talked about, um, you know, how does each one apply to the way that we take care of our bodies. And so um, I'll just give you a couple examples, because obviously that was a long series. How many are there? (laughs) 11? (laughs) Right. Um, so we spent three months going through, uh, the fruits of the spirit, but, um, I think the, you know, the biggest ones I mentioned self-control already. I think that that's actually a lie that Satan tells people is that they don't, that they don't have any self-control. And I think that's totally false. And I think that people really get stuck there, especially if they've been dieting for long periods of time, you know we know that excessive restriction causes us to feel out of control, um, and so I do really think that that's one place that the, that Satan gets a hold of us. Um, so, self control is one of my favorite things to talk about, you know, um, and it doesn't. I think we often think of uh, willpower or self control in a negative light, it's not. Like the Lord says that's a good thing. Um, my favorite verse is proverbs um let's see is it 25 28 or 28 25 i always get those mixed up but says a city without self-control or a person without self-control is like a city without walls um it's easily broken into it's easily influenced it's easily destroyed and so self-control is a good thing it gives us protection you know against against things in the outside world so Self-control is obviously um, a good one, very applicable to what we do as dieticians. Joy. I think a lot of times people lose joy in eating because of how many diets they've been on or because of their frustration with trying to lose weight. Um, So that's one we talk about a lot. My other favorite one is peace. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you sit down to eat your meal, like, are you worried about the calories in the meal? Or are you worried that the food's going to make you fat? Or, you know, whatever the worry is. Um, I think peace is an attitude that the Lord calls us to have, even when it comes to, you know, feeding our bodies. Um, so we talk a lot about that. And, you know, I think patience is a really big one too because we like want things yesterday. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're, we're not patient at all with the journey of like learning how to do this well. Um, and I think specifically about my clients who have been through, you know, years and years of diets. And they're just so frustrated, and they feel like they can't do it anymore. Um, And I think patience is something that it's sort of like a a balm to their soul when they realize that they don't have to change something tomorrow. It's a process, and we can learn and we can improve over time. Um, So I think that that's a really good one too. So obviously, there's lots of, of those fruits of the spirit that apply to. The way that we take care of our bodies. But I think when we can focus on increasing our faith and we can grow in our relationship with the Lord, a lot of those fruits just automatically start growing, right? We may not even realize it. So,
1: no, I agree 100% with everything you just said. I think that is such a great way of looking at it. Um, I know one thing that I realized when studying this verse, too, because this was a big part of my journey. In this like intuitive eating faith-based process um was that this that all of these fruits come from the spirit i think i was always in this like understanding or in this mode where i was trying to like force and do all these things um but right it's they are gifts from the spirit it's the spirit that produces them in us and so right if we put our focus on on our relationship with god and um you know being in you know, reading the Bible and regular prayer and getting to know him, like he is going to produce these things in us naturally. It's part of that sanctification process. Um, and I just love that. I think that's a huge key. Like you said, working with your clients is focusing on this part because then all these other things kind of fall into place, like you said, but if we try to force those, or if we, um, if we leave that faith-based part out of it and we just try to do it from a secular perspective, right? We're missing, we're missing that spiritual component. That's so important. So,
2: well, yeah. And I think, I think all three of us would say that we know that the physical body is not separate from, mm-hmm. you know, the, the spiritual. mental, spiritual, emotional body that all so connected um, that if your spiritual life is struggling probably there are other places in your physical life that are struggling too, you know, um, and I think about like emotional eating or stress eating in that context, you know, if you don't have a strong emotional health, um, you know, you, you try to figure out a way to deal with it. And for a lot of people it's eating. Um, and we know that that doesn't, that doesn't solve anything, right? We may temporarily feel a little bit better. Um, but, But long-term, it actually leads to more harm than it does, right? When we try to cope with food. Um, I also just want to mention, I've been thinking about this recently too with with a lot of my clients. Um, You know, when I ask them, like, what are their goals? Um, A lot of them will have some really good, well-intentioned goals that are more health-focused than they are weight-loss-focused. But it made me think of the the question like what is success like what is success when it comes to you know how we eat or how we how we take care of our bodies and i think that you know all the messages from the world tell us that success is looking younger losing weight um being more fit right all of these things um maybe if you're in like a healthcare context, success would be like getting your blood sugar numbers down or your cholesterol numbers down, or, you know, there's, there's various other goals that we could think of with that. But I actually think that the Bible tells us a little bit different story. I think that success, um, according to God is number one, finding balance with the nutrition piece of food and the pleasure piece of food, right? We know that God created food for both. Um, And so I think that's, that's really number one is if we can find a balance in how we eat and just keeping in mind too, that when we lean too far one way or the other, we can run into some unhelpful patterns. So like when we lean too far thinking food is only to nourish our bodies we end up sort of with that mentality of like clean eating, mm-hmm. um, or we create whatever diet we're doing as an idol, and then potentially we can create like our progress with our bodies to be an idol as well, right? Where that becomes like the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then conversely, if we lean too far on the pleasure side, I mean that's talked about a lot in the Bible too, where we end up when we're eating, we end up with um, you know that sin of gluttony. Um, so I think there's a real balance there. And I really think that where God is pleased is when we're finding joy and taking care of our bodies. It's not a chore. It's not something we have to do, but like, this is a good thing. Like, this is the body God gave me. I'm going to take care of it. Um, and then also just remembering the purpose of this, of food. God gave it to both nourish and taste good. Right? Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Right. You no,
2: know, someone pointed
0: out the other day to me about food, because you say it's to nourish, but also to taste good. And they said just about every single passage uh, that Jesus was talking about in Luke, he was either going to a party at a party or coming from the party. And um, so, I mean, they all involved food and miracle first miracle involved, you know, something that, was to taste good. So um, I love your, your example there. And I love also your idea of thinking about what success means. Mm -hmm. And you gave such a great answer, but I also think, you know, how can we measure if we're headed there? It might be looking at the fruits of the spirit and saying, you know, am I exhibiting those? If I'm exhibiting the exact opposite, well, I might be skinny and I might be gorgeous and I might be amazing, but I'm not doing where God wants me to be.
2: That's really good, Jackie. I like that because we do, as dietitians, we want to be able to help our clients measure success, right? Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I do with clients is we pick maybe one of the fruits of the spirit um, and we kind of focus on that for the week. Just kind of assessing, like, how am I doing with my patients? Um, Am I a little more patient than I was last week? You know, um, just focusing on that improvement piece of it, um, because, you know, we're never going to completely arrive as like the most patient person in the world, right? Until we meet Jesus. And so, um, but just focusing on that improvement, I think that's really, really helpful. And maybe, maybe measuring that, maybe writing it in a journal, Um, that can be a really good way to to kind of keep that motivation to see that you are making progress.
1: A lot of, um, ways that I measure success with my clients or I have them measure it is based on their behaviors. What are you doing now that you weren't doing before we started working together? And is it a healthy behavior in your body, regardless of the outcome? Right? So like, are you getting more exercise? Yes. Okay. That's great. Um, you know, are you taking care of your body better? through, you know, some of your food choices or things like that. And so I, yeah, I like to focus on the behavior aspect rather than the outcomes, because we don't have control over those outcomes, right? We can do everything right. And we could still results or, you know, have some um, health implications or, you know, poor lab numbers or disease or whatever. And so it's definitely, like you said, we need to we need to do what, what, what we're capable of. We need to do as much as we can to take care of our body, but right. The rest of it is in God's hands because we are living in a sinful fallen world. There is going to be disease and death and um, nothing is going to be perfect on this side of
2: heaven. So we can do such a good job of dietitians, helping our clients understand that they are not in a hundred percent control of their health. You know, I think they get that message a lot when they go to their doctor or other healthcare providers that like oh you got diabetes you must have been eating too much sugar or whatever you know there's so much blame and so much guilt associated with some of those health conditions I think we can do a really good job empowering our clients to um you know change the behavior of the outcome is you've got brought up to the Lord. And I think that's such a good attitude to have, you know, it's such a weight lifted off of our shoulders, you know, knowing that we can do what we can do, but we're not responsible for, for the outcome.
1: Well, Jen, I've appreciated having you. I think this has been a really encouraging conversation. I'm excited about um the work that you're doing and the message that you're sharing with your clients. So can you just tell our listeners
2: how they can find you. Yeah. So I would say I'm most active on Instagram. Um, So they can find me at Jen, who N J E N N Bryant um, N N C, which stands for my nourished nutrition counseling business. Um, And if you pop on, please say hi. I love messages from people. Um, You know, let me know if you learned something from this podcast. Um, also I run a Facebook group, it's called food and food to fuel your health.
0: So people can
2: find me on that as well. And then also people can find me through my website, nourished dot Yeah.
1: We'll make sure to put those, um, in our show notes as well. So people can find them. So Jackie, do you have anything to yes. finish? We just up with? really
0: enjoyed, um, visiting with you and we wish you the best in your, uh, counseling. So here we are three dietitians. We have not met, but we are united in our thoughts of how to push back against the food and nutrition culture from a biblical perspective. And that's just amazing to me because we all came on our own journeys to this conclusion. And, you know, God has put the same message on our hearts. That is a great way to end it. So Anyway, thank you so much for
1: listening today. If you have any questions, you guys can reach out to us through our Instagram page and have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Eat With Grace podcast. If you haven't already, please consider subscribing so you don't miss an episode. We would love to have you leave a review
0: or comment on our Instagram page it's been great to share this time with you and we pray that you have a grace-filled day